Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. But I do want to talk to you tonight about the yes and no's of life. You know, Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. He makes this powerful statement. He says, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago. So this was a saying long ago. Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to simply say is yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. You know, Jesus is really talking about not making our life complicated, but that everything in life can actually be reduced to a simple yes or a simple no. Every time we add to yes or no's, really what Jesus is saying, we're adding a level of complication that God does not want us to have. In other words, it should be as simple as saying yes to things and no to other things. And this is the point tonight. I think, church, many times we get our lives out of balance when we say yes to the wrong things and we say no to the wrong things. I think when we say yes to things that we shouldn't say yes to, when we say no to things that maybe we should say yes to, maybe we say yes too often and no too little, or maybe we say no all the time, and then we wonder why we are not walking in the direction and the purpose of God for our life. And yet a simple yes or no is really a powerful way to live your life. Why do we get this one wrong so often? Why is it that many times in life we say yes too much or no in the wrong places? I want to get you to think about this tonight. Think about the time you said yes and you regretted it. Or think about the times that you said no and you wish that you had said yes. I think that we can think a little bit more deeply tonight about our yes and our no's so that we can actually bring a little bit more balance into our world. You know, I heard this quote the other day in relation to yes or no. I don't know if we can put this up. Put this up. No is a decision, but yes is a responsibility. No is a decision, but yes is a responsibility. You know, often you and I take on responsibility that we have not thought through properly, and then we wonder why our lives are out of balance. I want to give you three types of yes and no's tonight, three types of filters to actually put your decision-making through that I believe can help you bring balance back into your world. And the first one is this. I call this the environmental yes and no's. The environmental yes and no's. You say, what does that mean? Uh, In this uh, great award-winning book called Guns, Germs and Steel, this biologist called Jared Diamond points out this simple fact. I don't know if we can have this picture up there of kind of a very basic map of the world. But he makes this point, he said, different continents have different shapes. Who knows that? Three people. Okay. We're going to get a geography lesson tonight. 
different continents have different shapes, right? Now, this obviously looks really obvious and, you know, not very profound. Until you realize that the shape of the continents have actually had a profound impact on human behavior throughout the world and throughout history. Now, as you can see from this map, the, the primary axis of the Americas runs from north to south, which is on the left. And then you see throughout North America and South America is, tends to be tall and thin. They come, is, it's the same uh, with Africa. Meanwhile, the landmass making up Europe and Asia tends to go in the other direction tends to go east to west, so north to south, north to south, east to west, right? According to this particular researcher, he makes this point that the difference in shape played a significant role in the spread of agriculture throughout the centuries. So when agriculture began to spread throughout the globe, farmers had an easier time expanding from east to west routes rather than from north to south because the climate was basically very, very similar. The amount of sunlight, the rainfall, the change in seasons was basically on a linear scale. And so these factors actually allowed the farmers in Europe and in Asia to domesticate a few crops and to grow them along entire stretches of land from France all the way through to China. By comparison, say in the Americas and in Africa, the climate varies greatly when you travel, obviously, from north to south. So you can just imagine how the winter would be very different in Florida, right, up there, versus uh, compared to Canada all the way up to the top. You can be the most talented farmer in the world, but it won't help you grow oranges, Florida oranges in Canada because the climate is so remarkably different. Snow is obviously a poor substitute for soil. So in order to spread crops along the north-south routes, farmers would need to find and domesticate new plants whenever the climate has actually changed. So as a result of that, the whole agricultural scene over many, many years spread two to three times faster across Asia and Europe than it did going up and down the Americas. And over the span of the centuries, this small difference made a significant impact in the world. It increased food production, allowed for more rapid population growth. With more people, these cultures were able to build stronger armies and were better equipped to develop new technologies. The changes that started out small, a crop that spread slightly further and the population grew slightly faster over the years, compounded into substantial differences over time. What's the point? Well, the author of this particular book makes this point. He says, environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. Environment is the invisible hand that shapes human behavior. We tend to believe that all of our habits, our yes and no choices are a product of our motivation and our talent and our effort. Yes, certainly, these qualities matter. You've got to have motivation. You've got to have talent. You've got to push through. And, but often we think that our yes and no's are just living in that world. But surprising thing is this, especially over a long period of time, your personal characteristics tend to get overpowered by your environment. Now, there is no evidence that the farmers of Europe and Asia 
are more talented or more motivated than the farmers in the rest of the world. Yet they were able to spread their crops two to three times faster than their peers. And really what the author of this book is saying, that if you want to maximize the odds of your success, then you need to operate in an environment that accelerates your results rather than actually hinders them. And this is the point about the yes and no's of our environment tonight. Very simply, design an environment through your yes and no's that will promote your success. Design an environment that, to actually promote your success. In other words, make your yes and no's in life more strategic about creating an environment to make you succeed, to get you in your long-term goals. You say, what does that mean for me tonight? Well, for example, in our house, I say no to criticism in our home. I want to create an environment of faith, not an environment of putting people down, not an environment of criticism, not an environment of negativity, not an environment, woe is me, everything is bad, we're going through a hard time. We've just made a decision in life that we are going to set an environment of faith with our kids and our family because we understand that when we say yes to that, we create a healthy culture in our home. You know, Nathan was telling me the other day that when he went for Maccas, and we all know that he's got a Maccas job now. And, you know, and, uh, you know, we've been on this journey, you know, at different stages in life, and I know he wouldn't mind me sharing this, different stages in life, you know, we have certain goals, and his goal at this stage in life is he wanted to work for McDonald's. Hungry Jack's is second rate. McDonald's is up here. <laughs> right. So he went for his first, you know, applied for his first Macca's job, didn't get it. Went for the interview, they said no. Came back discouraged. Said, I'm going to go again. Went again, applied the second time. Went for another Macca's job. Didn't get that one. Comes out of the interview, I reckon I got this one. Later emails him, no, he didn't get it. Someone else got it. He comes back. I said, Nathan, get back on that horse. Go even harder than what you did before. Don't allow this thing to beat you. So he jumped on the computer within five minutes of getting the rejection letter and applied for another 20 Maccas. <laughs> Just applied for them all. Gets another interview. Comes out. He gets the job. Gets the job. All right. He's got an induction. He goes, I've, you know, there's an induction in a week's time. He gets the wording wrong. He said, Dad, I've got an inauguration. <laughs> inauguration. I swear that I'll make great fries. <laughs> Perfect hamburgers. I'll make sure that I get your order out on time. See, we've just made a decision as a family that we want to create an environment through our yes and our no's that we will not be defeated and when life throws us a curveball, we're not going to act like a victim. We're not going to say it's too hard. We're not going to go back and retreat. But we're going to say this is a learning time. This is a testing time. This is the time to rise up and go again and again and again. I think many times in life that our lives get out of balance when we are in unbalanced environments. We're in environments that don't actually push us to success. Yes, I will eat well so that I can feed my body the fuel that it needs so that I can function well. No, I won't engage in relationships that are destructive or demanding. 
that demand a lot but give nothing in return. Yes, I will be kind. I will create a personal environment of kindness because I know that when I sow kindness, kindness comes back into my life. Remember years ago when I was growing up, very insecure, you know, I've shared this before and very quiet and, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends and I wanted friends and, you know, everyone wants friends. No one wants to be alone. I didn't have a lot of friends throughout high school and, you know, and I remember praying one day and saying, God, you know, you got to help me. What's wrong with me? And, you know, why can't I connect? And I just felt the Lord say to me, Matt, if you want people to be friendly to you, you got to be first friendly to them. And so I just made a decision, despite of my insecurities, despite of my fears, despite me feeling like an absolute jerk if I just smiled at someone, because that's how bad my insecurity was, I just made a decision, I'm going to be friendly to people. I may look like a goober, but it didn't matter. I'm just going to be friendly to people. I just created, thank you very much. I just created just a personal culture of just being kind and friendly. You see, we often, we don't understand the power that the yes and no environments of our life actually have to actually lead us in the right direction. I remember years ago when I got my second job and I wanted to start to gather around people that were successful in life. And I remember getting this particular job where the boss was highly successful, but I'll be honest, he was an absolute mongrel. I mean, he was a hard guy. And he was a scary guy as well. And if you got on the wrong side of him, he would fly off the handle. But he was highly successful. And I remember looking at this guy going, I reckon out of the the bad, there is some real good that I can learn about the qualities of, of success. Rather than just going, this guy's bad and he's terrible. Yeah, he's got some bad traits, but there are some things that he has learned throughout life, some lessons that he's learned that I can actually learn. And I just made a decision. Back then, no matter how bad the boss was going to be, there was always something that I can learn out of that individual because that individual was much further on in life than I was. And I made a commitment to create a personal environment of a learning culture. And so I just started to ask him questions that the other sales reps wouldn't ask him. I started to spend time with him and just draw information out of him. I just started to really spend some time understanding his world and tried to work out the things that he was in. Oh, there are times that he flew off the handle at me and there are times that he got mad at me. But I didn't take personal offense to that because I recognized there were some things in this man that I could actually learn. I developed a learning culture around me. I remember when I left that job, he cried. First time I've ever seen that man cry. Yeah, oh. Even gave me some plant pots as a going away present. Very unusual, but I was probably the only guy who got a going away present, and they were plant pots. But the point is this, is that I created a learning culture around me. I made a decision in my own personal environment. The things that I say yes to, the things that I say no to, is going to shape me for my future. And I will say this to you today, that if you want a balanced life, a healthy life, a lot of it comes up to the decisions that you can create to create a healthy environment and a healthy culture around you. Can I encourage you, say no to bad cultures that are going to rob you of faith, that are going to rob you of confidence, that are going to criticize you and hurt you. Say yes to environments that are going to push you to the new level, that are going to lift you up, that are going to inspire you, that are actually going to help you throughout your life. The environmental yes and no's. The second one is this, it's the motivational yes and no's. 
The second type of yes and no that you and I have to deal with in our life is what I call the motivational yes and no's. Why do we say yes to things that put us in over our head? Why do we say yes to much? And then why do we say no to other things that can help us, but we lack the courage to push through those things? Paul makes this interesting statement in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I, but what I hate, I do. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. You know, church, it's an issue that plagues all of us. I think many times in life, the initial motivation of quickly saying yes seems to cover our FOMOs, our fear of missing out. We seem to think that we get second prize if we are not ahead of everyone else. It's the fear of missing out. Listen, listen, young people, we say yes to a bad relationship because we are fearful of missing out on a good one. We say yes to substandard because we think that that's, the, that's what the lot in life has got for us. And so we wonder why our lives are out of balance. Now, the amount of young people that I've talked to and that I've counseled that are just in a bad relationship. But in their mind, they think they can't get any better. So they say yes to plan D, F, Z, rather than understanding that God has actually got plan A for their life. We do this in so many areas of our life. We say yes to a substandard job because we are fearful that we won't make the grade if we return to study. Because we are inconfident in our ability to rise to a new level so we say yes to substandard things, things that we are not happy about, things that we know that we're frustrated. Remember, there was a girl in our office years ago who was working and she was trying to be a lawyer and she was actually enjoying the office environment. She was contemplating just staying where she was. And I said, no. I said, you are much smarter than just being an office girl. You got to go ahead and be a lawyer. And we, I started to push her in that direction. She's now operating in new circles and about to become partner in a law firm and is doing phenomenal. Yes, she was scared of probably stepping out and she applied to a number of jobs and she didn't, uh, you know, didn't get them on the first go. And it was so much easier just to stay where she was. But thank God that she made that leap of faith. She's now living in the world that she has always dreamed. You know, sometimes we just say yes to substandard things because they're so easy, they're so comfortable. Let me say this, God has got more for you and I. We say too much to work because we feel we have no other options. Can I say this, whether it's a bad relationship, whether it's a substandard job, I honestly believe this in life, there are always opportunities that always come our way. You can't say in life that you've arrived in a place where there are no opportunities in the future. You do not know what is around the next corner. You do not know what is going to happen around the next season. You do not know what God has got for you and I. I want to say this, as someone who loves to negotiate, it is a great negotiating position. You know the worst negotiators in the world are those that de desperately want that thing that they're negotiating. The guys that go, easy come, easy go, are the guys that will always get the good deal. I've worked this out in life, that if I go for a deal and I don't get it, I know just through the statistical averages of life, there is another deal that's going to be around the next corner. I never want to have buyer's regret. Come on. And I never want to pay too much for anything. Praise God. I have learnt, listen, I have learnt to walk away. 
And my motivational yes and no's in life have shaped me and have developed me in a very, very profound way. That relationship didn't work out, there'll be another season for love. That job didn't work out, there'll be another one around the next corner. We often say yes to unhealthy things because we believe this is as good as it gets. The second idea in this motivation is the motivation of letting people down. I remember years ago always saying yes to everything. And my life was always out of balance. And I began to be challenged by the motivation of my heart. And I remember Franco once saying to me, praise God for honest and truthful wives. That was a great response. <laughs> Young people, when you're wanting finding someone to marry, don't find someone that just tells you what you want to hear. Find someone that tells you what you need to hear. Praise God, my Italian wife tells me what I need to hear. Sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I get frustrated with it. But praise God, she tells me. And I remember going through this season in my life where, you know, I was just saying yes to everything and then I was complaining that I was overworked and underpaid and struggling. She looked at me one day without an ounce of sympathy or compassion. <laughs> she said, you're a man pleaser, not a God pleaser. Ooh. You know how hard I've worked. You know what I'm doing. I'm doing everything. You're a man pleaser, not a God pleaser. You went into the ministry to please God, not man. Get your priorities right. My motivation was to please people, not, not God. You know. And the reality is that just brought an unhealthy balance in my life. Where everything was about making sure that everyone was happy. Rather than actually operating out of the purpose and the call of God for my life. The second idea is the idea of saying no to the right things. No to new opportunity because you don't think that you've got it. No to things that will step you out of your comfort zone. No to good, healthy experiences that are going to basically make you grow, but you don't do them because of fear. Often we say no to the right things because we are scared of being stretched. Let me say this, the life of faith is a life that God is always wanting you and I to operate out of our comfort zone. You look out throughout the Old Testament, examples of men and women of God. Look at the New Testament, the disciples and people that did profound things for God. They were people that were always out of their comfort zone. They were people that were beyond their natural capacity. If there's one thing the Holy Spirit does in you and I is that He stirs our faith. He says, come on, there is more. Come on, you have got more in you. Come on, there is a greater purpose. Come on, there is a greater plan. Don't you limit yourself by your insecurities. Don't you limit yourself by your fears. Come on, God is drawing more out of you. And many times we just say no to the right thing because we're just scared of failure. We are scared of failure. I tell you what, you haven't lived unless you've actually failed a number of times. I praise God for all the failures in my life because I've learned from every single one of those failures. Guess what? Failure is okay. Okay, I'm really, you're helping me tonight. Let me just say this. We were meant to be stretched. We were meant to live a big life. We were meant to grow and be challenged and to increase our capacity. Make your yes and no's in that decision to stretch you, to grow you, to lift you to a new level. The third one is this, and I call these the healthy yes and no's. It's the directional yes and no's. It's the directional yes and no's. It's the yes and no's that you decide on today that will have a strategic influence on your future. 
I heard this the other day. Many organisations are only three challenging decisions away from greatness. Many good organisations are only three challenging decisions away from greatness. I think it's the same for us. We often make decisions based on the immediate, not on the future. We live in the present, but we have to think about our future. Questions like, where are you going? What has God got for your life? Where do you want to be? What do you want to become? Let me ask you this. Can you define who you want to be in one sentence? Can you define your life's purpose in one sentence? The wonderful thing about the direction in life, the yes or no's, is that God has already got a future for you. God has already got a plan for you. God has already got, got it all worked out. You just need to plug into the plan and the purpose of God for your life. I want the musicians to come. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 15. Let me read to you these well-known scriptures tonight as we close. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 12. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways. I love that. Neither are your ways his ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth, it will not return unto me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out with joy. You'll be led forth. Listen, this is the result of operating God's plan. This is, I mean, this is just the pinnacle of life. You'll go out with joy. You will be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst in song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. This is the point tonight, is that when you allow God to shape the yes and no's of your life, you actually live in a wonderful blessing of peace and joy and comfort. I, don't, I honestly don't believe that an unbalanced life is not being busy. I don't believe that. I don't believe a balanced life is sitting, you know, on the beach, sipping a latte, having a dip in the pool. I think if I did that for my whole life, I'd get bored. I think operating God's purpose for your life, that is living a balanced life. Knowing what God has called you to do and not allowing anything to distract you, that is living a purpose and a balanced life. Understanding what your call is, understanding what God wants you to do, and then allowing nothing on earth or heaven on earth to actually wreck that focus, but to be centered in what God wants. That is living a balanced life. And throughout your life, maintaining that focus, understanding that revelation, being called to what God has asked you to do is a myriad of choices of yes and no's throughout your life. No, I won't have engaged in that culture. 
No, I won't engage in that thought. No, I won't listen to that thing. Yes, I'll fill my life with the Word of God. Yes, I'll pray every day. Yes, I'll engage in relationships that are going to have a positive effect, not a negative effect. Yes, I'm going to do the right thing when even my emotions don't want to do the right thing. Yes, I'm going to be a person of character. Yes, I'm going to be a person who just loves people even when they annoy me and tick me off. It's the myriad, it's the thousands of yes and no choices throughout life that at the end actually bring you to a place of wonderful balance. It's not one big decision. It's a multitude of many decisions. It's not one big issue. It's the multitude of dealing with many issues over many, many years that you come to a place where you feel like your life is balanced. I've met busy people, people that carry a massive load, and yet there is a balance, there's a peace, and there's a joy in their life because they understand what God has called them to do. And then I've met other people who hardly have any responsibility and just can't cope with any pressure at all. There is no resilience. There's no ability to overcome because they just don't have a revelation of where God wants to take them. You know, balance is kind of the new buzzword, isn't it? The work-life balance. It kind of gets melded into everything. But I think if we challenge our motivations tonight, if we have a look at our environments, if we look at the long-term direction and future of where we're going, I think God can help us in bringing healthy balance on a daily basis. Amen? That's why coming to church on a weekly basis, not once a month with Jesus, on a weekly basis, just being in a positive environment where God begins to speak to you and challenge you, spending your life with Jesus on a daily basis, just making that decision. God just brings balance into your inner world, just brings calmness and peace and joy into those places that maybe you struggle with. Balance is not about just ridding your life of responsibility. Balance is about doing the right thing and doing the right responsibility, the things that is in line with you. You know, the older I get, the more I've realized the stuff that I'm good at and the stuff that I'm not good at. And I'm okay with that. Can I say for many of you guys that are just starting off in, in your workplace, work at what you're good at and stick to that. The stuff that you're not good at, yeah, you've got to tweak that, you've got to work on that. But stop looking at your weaknesses, start focusing on your strengths. Start focusing on the thing. You are talented, you are anointed. God has put His hand upon your life. Stop, st stop always looking at the rear vision mirror and look at all the stuff that you're not doing well. Start focusing on the stuff that you are doing well. You know what? I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, praise God, but I'm pretty good at any other thing and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.